everybody and welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Letting Agent. Today I have a very good friend of mine, a business owner locally, um, that has agreed to come on the podcast and that is Jeremy Smith, NIS Insurance. Jeremy, how are we doing? I'm all right, Ben. Lovely to see you this morning. But, uh, you've definitely got a face for radio. Ben. <laughs> Do you know what? I hear that all the time. I, I don't get that, actually. But yeah. Um, and you'll know from Jeremy's um, business, NIS Insurance, today we're going to talk about a very exciting subject, but actually a very important subject, and that is landlord and property insurance. Um, but first of all, Jeremy, how did we meet? We've known each other quite a while now. and um, Are we good friends? I would like to say yeah, we are. It was, um, it was uh, some club, I think, in London. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something like that. But uh, joke, joke aside, Ben, um, we actually met uh, through networking. We did? And, yeah, we did. And it even goes back to a B&I meeting. And it would be around about, believe it or not, about eight years ago. Wow, wow. And it was, uh, it was the Bishop Auckland Leaders one, wasn't it? Was that where we met? That's right, leaders, Red with Hall, um, yeah. back in the day when I had a little bit more hair, Paul. Yes. That's right, yeah, um, so yeah, you eight, did. Eight, eight years ago, so <laughs> how time flies when we're having fun. And uh, yeah, Jeremy, you're, uh, you've got an insurance company, you're a landlord yourself, just give us a bit of a background on, on, your, on, your, on yourself and your career. Yeah, okay, so um, NIS Insurance um, was set up initially as Northampton Insurance Services Limited, and that's where NIS uh, comes from. Um, set up in, in Northampton on the high street. Uh, 2005, um, and now we're at a stage where we've uh, grown the company steadily year on year. Wow! And even through the COVID times, so we have literally just um, bought um, our own building as well. Wow! Um, in North Allerton. so just as part of our progression. Um, so we've done that. Me and my co, myself and my co-director Robin. Um, Brilliant. Not that, and so. Yeah, just put it out there. We're actually uh, downstairs. We occupy and upstairs. We could potentially expand into, but we're actually looking to rent those out. Uh, Brilliant, so, um, amazing. So that, so that's, so yeah, that's set up in two thousand and five, and now wow. we're in two thousand and twenty-two. And it is the insurance industry landscape changed over the last twenty years? What is? Have you seen big changes, or just generally the same? No, there's a there's a definite hardening of the marketplace um, that I've actually seen, but I think that generally it is still principally the same. Uh, right. It doesn't get me cheaper, Ben. If that's where. All oh, right. Is. Okay. Okay. Um, unfortunately, no. If it means cheaper premiums, unfortunately, because things tend to go up in value, so does the uh, so do the premiums. Um, but um, no, we've got as we've been more successful, we've got more offerings from. Um, good underwriters. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's um, it's it hasn't changed dramatically. But I know, obviously, from um, us knowing each other and where we pass between is one one of your very specialities is obviously landlord insurance, property yeah. insurance, and um, we're just going to talk a little bit about that today because it's it's a big subject, it's an important subject for a landlord to get things right, and um, yeah, I'm just going to. Um, yeah, go, go through some questions and talk a little bit about that. Um, so, um, but it's costly when it goes wrong. Right. Okay. So, and and, and you see, yeah. it go, you've seen it go wrong. It can go wrong. What? Absolutely. It's costly if you don't get it right, which is fine. But then, no, you far away, mate. Should, so, should, should, on that subject, shall we start? What? What is? Why is it imperative to use an independent broker and someone that specialises in property rather than just going, you know, I don't know, your generic online or, or, or you know, someone okay. like what? Give me the give me the information on that. Well, if you'd if you'd ask the question, why is it important to use um, NIS insurance? Well, because you get to, <laughs> to deal with myself there. Yes. Um, but but now, joke aside, by going online, 
you look at a screen, do you actually know what answers, what the, do you understand fully what the questions are that you're answering? And yes. it becomes a tick box exercise. And then it becomes, people just end up just clicking away thinking, oh, that'll be better. Or we've seen people do things and then they think, oh, well, if I make that a bit cheaper, then it brings the premium down. So they end up going and amending their quote, which drives the premium, which is not the right way of doing it. And do you know what? You're absolutely right. Everyone's done that. I've done that on my car insurance, my holiday insurance. You're right. Everyone does that. Yeah. Take that out. Take that out. Yeah, that's it. Actually, that's coming in at a good price now. That will do. But is that the right way of doing it? Um, so, um, yeah. So, so I think that, um, you know, why, why use an insurance broker? Because we'll end up having, uh, typically we'll end up with a conversation um, okay. about your insurance. And people say things, being a landlord and dealing with so many landlords, they say things to you and think, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound commercially right, your answer that you've given me there. So you can just probe in a bit deeper and sort of really find out about things, um, you know, the factors. So that's it. So, yes, we all want it cheap as possible, Ben. We all want value for money. Yes. But buying on the Internet is not cheaper. Okay. Um, all right. We can compete with the Internet. Um, I don't want to speak for other brokers, but we yeah. can compete with the Internet. It's not a problem. So a big no-no, you would say, amongst many is, you know, if, if you're a landlord, professional landlord, whether you have one property or a portfolio, speak, have that conversation with a professional broker. I think you can buy your house and car if you want to online, and it's safer, um, you know, if you wanted to do that. Um, but I think that when it comes to business insurance, and this is what it is, in effect, when you're a landlord, it is actually business insurance. Yes, absolutely, because it is a business. You're right, you're right. So what are, the, what are the big mistakes people make, then, like, in landlord insurance, if you had to pick a couple of the ones you see very common, um, you know, whether they're online or not, what, what's a very common mistake landlords make? Is it, okay. is it ultimately just going for the cheaper policy that's well, not fully covered? The, the, biggest, the biggest thing I see is when you go online to buy a household policy, you'll typically get a blanket cover for your rebuild cost. And your rebuild cost, you may get typically 500000 doesn't matter what you've bought the property for, but that's what you'll get with a household policy. When it comes to a landlord policy, you have to be more specific about the declared value. Right. Uh, the reinstatement value. And the biggest mistake people do is they say, and I get this time and time again, I bought the property for 60, 70, 80, 90,000 pounds. Yes. Um, particularly in this part of the world. Yeah. All right. In the northeast. <laughs> yeah. So they buy it for that and they think, I'll insure it for that because they don't know any different. But it's actually, it's about the reinstatement value of the property. Okay. So it's really, really key that, um, and the reinstatement value is different to the declared value and that's the biggest mistake and it makes a massive difference if you buy a property for 65 or, or say 80,000 pounds yes that might want to be insured for 160,000 pounds wow so what's what 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 happens if I'm the landlord I've bought it for 80 I've insured it for 80 I have a pretend what what's an obvious claim you tend to find and what happens what does the insure, what does the company do then okay so there's something um, which is called the averaging effect in insurance okay and so that means people think, well, I've insured it for £80,000, so that means that they'll pay out up to £80,000. Well, they would do if that was what the value of the rebuild was. But it, but there's not many houses out there you could rebuild for £80,000. You're right. Yeah, right, yeah. So what would happen is if you ended up even with a £10,000 claim, which is still sizable, mm-hmm. and say you insured it for 80000 you insured it for eighty, but it should have been one hundred and sixty. 
because you've got to think of shoring up these, these things. You've got to think of professional fees. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to think of ground clearance. There's all these extra fees that people don't realise. So yeah. if you've got a £10,000 claim and you've insured it for 80, but it should have been 160, you would be entitled to get somewhere in the region of £5,000 for that. Right, ah, so right, you get okay. Half the amount, which is where it's called the averaging effect. I see, right, okay. I, I, I understand. So yeah, any, what are the other pit, pitfall, pitfalls you find then, would you say? Any other big ones, mistakes landlords um, make? Yeah, making sure that um, when you've got a, a, a landlord or a, a, a property, it's actually insured for the right for the right purpose. So if it, is it a buy-to-let? Is it a SA, um, yeah. a service accommodation, yes. a holiday-let? Is it HMO? So making sure that it's got the right type of tenant or yes. the right usage is absolutely right because um, yeah they, they do change the value of the, uh, the cover for the insurance is different and, and of course that's actually common on um, <clears throat> lending as well you know we have, we have many of our landlords that might have a traditional residential mortgage and again with the, might have a traditional um, you know buy to let policy on, on a property then they decide to do it as a HMO and suddenly yeah. they've got the same residential mortgage and the same insurance policy on and obviously I presume uh, Jeremy if there's a, it's an issue with it that would be void surely if, if you've got a traditional and yeah. the other one is what people don't do is they don't inform you keep your broker up to date with the changes that happen so you may start off with a property and I'm not going to go off what you've talked about there but you start off with a private working tenant okay. and then you maybe go to a DSSS tenant of course so yet again, it changes. Is it higher risk? Have it, and it is. Yeah. You know, it's a fact of life. It is actually higher risk um, that having a DSSS tenant than it would be having a private working tenant. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, and the same thing having a HMO. It's higher risk. There's more people in the property. Mm-hmm. People then have cooking equipment. They shouldn't, by the way. You've got to watch this one. Um, but um, you mm-hmm. know, they then start in their in their rooms. Maybe he's having. Putting a toaster in there and yes. uh, a microwave and a kettle and stuff like that. Some of yeah. those are acceptable, but not toasters. Okay. Um. And um, would obviously as well, uh, Jeremy, you know, if the landlord, God forbid, hasn't done the correct safety measures in a property and there's, I don't know, a fire or, or something, you know, yeah. where, where hopefully nobody's nobody's injured, but there's still been a clip. Potentially, if the landlord hasn't made the Absolutely. correct precautions, there could be like, no, fire doors, correct, smoke don't alarms. Give, don't give an underwriter a reason not to pay. Right. Okay. Right, that is that is the bottom line. And by having a conversation with with a broker that's knowledgeable in this area, then we'll have a conversation with them. And I would only want to insure somebody, like I would insure my own property. Um, I've only got one buy to let, by the way, Ben, so don't, I'm not making our, I've got a portfolio of properties. Okay, yeah. One personally myself, yes. I've also got an offering on another one. That's yeah. all because of you, by the way. Okay. Um, mm. But um, so, but it, they, in the same way that I want to make sure that I would insure my own property correctly or properties correctly, yes. the same I would do for somebody else. Right, right. So, so, so the message basically is it's the same we say do everything properly. Do everything by the book. No problem. Cut no corners. Absolutely. Yeah, that you've that you've got right. So, um, yeah, correct. Um, just one thing I just wanted to mention to you, which we've spoken about before, and I know I've mentioned it to you before, but just talk us through the landlord policy because I always remember. I, I think you dealt with it at the time where 
um, the, the scenario where it's like a belts and braces insurance policy where the landlord, if a tenant damages the kitchen, I think we use the example, um, uh, the, the, ki- yeah, the, the kitchen's 10, 15 years old, this, this tenant, for example, might have punched all the holes in the, uh, in the cupboards and... Um, but, but to be honest, the kitchen's okay, other than these cupboards are damaged. And I remember you saying along the lines, if you have a good policy, you can get the whole kitchen replaced. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah, sorry, go on, tell me. Yeah, go on. It, it is, and what you've got there is um, it's easier in a household policy to actually get what's called sets and suites. Sets and suites. Um, in there, rather than the landlord's policies, all right? Mm-hmm. Because what you've got, basically, if you cannot, so one, one unit's been damaged yeah. by... Um, the tenant who's kicked, kicked a hole in it or something like that. Yeah. If you've got sets and suites and you can't get that end unit um, replaced to the exact match, then what they would do is they would replace the whole kitchen. But you right. won't be paying additional money for that. Okay. Okay. Um, for that that, for that, uh, that you've got there. And what I wouldn't want to say is that every um, uh, landlord policy would have that in. Yes. All right, that you've actually got. Fair You're enough. more likely to get that in a better quality household policy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, that you would with, with that. But it's called sets and suites. Yeah. And, and what is the line um, as well? What is the line for tenant wear and tear and malicious damage? Um, you know, is that like a grey area? Like when well, does. You know, well, it, it, it isn't really a grey area, um, and you get this with buildings as well. Is it storm damage, or is it, or is it more so on the roof? And right. Okay. Is it actually storm damage, or is it actually? Do you know what? Unfortunately, things wear out; they naturally wear out, and so you're going to find if it's it's not malicious damage if they've just used it. The kitchen's been in for yes. ten years. Mm-hmm. Is it just natural wear and tear? Yes. But is it somebody's actually been malicious with right. it? Right. Okay. And so I think. Yes, there's another conversation there with about it, but there's somebody you can tell when somebody's in there who's been actually malicious. Right, no, understood. understood. Yeah. Insurance is for unexpected events. Yes. Um, that uh, acts of God, <clears throat> it's not for wear and tear, but. Yeah, okay, understood, understood. A boiler broke, somebody was <clears throat> on the other day. Uh, my boiler's broken down, can I have a new one? Well, no. It's you know it's it's unfortunately it's a ten year old boxy boiler whatever it was Worcester Bosch boiler but it, unfortunately it, it just gets to a point where you know it's not an insurance claim on that yeah absolutely um, so yeah any hints or tips for successful claims for landlords anything they should be doing or uh, yeah doing? absolutely get it right from day one yeah um, and speak to NIS insurance and, <laughs> and uh, but but if you joke aside. Um, if you get it right from day one, you get the right cover. Yes. You get the correct re- the rebuild dates, the type of property, okay. the type of tenant, the rebuild value. I can keep on going into, you know, making sure if you need contents value in there. Okay. Um, and, yeah, getting all that right. Right. Um, then, yes, the rental yield that you get as well. So you can actually get paid out if there's an interruption on the property and an insurable peril. Yeah. Um, and you can actually receive your monthly income. Not if they don't pay your um, your, uh, your your monthly rent, by the way. That's a different insurance. That's a different insurance, but, yes. But all I was going to say to you is if you get it right from day one, then, mm. then you'll be all right. Yeah. So, but it yeah. would come when you say if they don't pay, yes, that, you're right, it is a different that insurance. But, different. Some, but some people think, oh, because if the tenant doesn't pay for their, yeah. for their insurance, that's, that is separate. To that, that's separate. That's rent guarantee, yeah. Um, but, uh, for example, if there's like a storm damage in the... And the tenants have to move out. 
um, yeah. then then the rent of course is covered, isn't it? That's 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 covered. If you get a, if you get a comprehensive policy, yes, yes, that's in there, you can exclude it, but but don't do that. Yes, um, I, I wouldn't advise to do it. But you know, when we're speaking to customers, I say it's completely up to them what they want. Right. Okay. Um, finally, just a final question um, from me was. Can you think of a because we we have this like a tongue and cheek podcast and we like to try and keep it fairly light hearted? Can you think of um, a funny property story, perhaps related to insurance, perhaps not? Um, a disaster, something you've seen, something you've experienced that you could probably share with us. And uh, but, right, um, keep it fairly. Um, well, well, what I was going to say to you is, it, uh, <laughs> insurance isn't really something which tends to be. Um, yeah, it isn't particularly sort of a, uh, it's it's not a funny subject if that makes sense really. I'm not. I'll, I'll try and make it sometimes um, no. as entertaining as possible. I but get that. What, I've got a, a couple of things where there was. A, I, I remember a, um, there was a chip pan fire in a kitchen, and um, it was a genuine. Um, we believe it was a genuine thing that happened with a with a chip pan, but the husband didn't want to put it out because he thought he'll get a new kitchen out of it. But unfortunately, wow. the wow. chip pan spread further than the kitchen. Oh, and no. then it really did get into it, it got so serious with oh, it no. then it spread through from the kitchen through to the living room um, and can I say by not putting it out that was actually fraudulent to do that so just um, yes. you know okay. so, FYI um, so what, I, but what they did do is they, uh, they got in touch with the fire service but by the time the fire service had been in there with God knows how many gallons of water spread throughout the whole of the house it was an absolute disaster I think I think the other one when you say it's, it's not funny, um, but this is reality. Yeah. Just yeah, I can't make lighthearted. Like I can't be lighthearted about okay. some things that happened. Yeah, of course. A classic example of a joiner who had done some work in a house, and the, the landlord said, "Could you please just take the paint off the windows?" Um, if I get your little blowtorch and scraper, could you actually go up the ladders and start doing it so when the painter and decorators come in? So he went, um, so he said, I don't want to do that because his policy didn't cover a joiner for use of heat in their policy. It's separate from your landlord. Right. So unfortunately, um, yeah, the actual property caught fire. Right. Okay. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't say that they're, yeah, particularly amusing. Ben, yeah, um, yeah, you know, you've got, but, Some serious, yeah, yeah. But I would say to you that yeah, but there are things where people have got it wrong. You okay. know, they think I'll tell you what, let's let's um, let's get that right. But, but on that subject, just before we finish, so yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're a property landlord, but if you're in business as well and you're listening to this, you know, business is such a wide. Uh, area you know again speak speak to a broker and and, and go into detail at the joiner example go into detail about what you do on a daily basis uh, yes absolutely whatever sort of business that's what we are particularly business insurance um you know specialists i think the other thing if i can just say ben uh, yep. if we've got, t- we've got time absolutely yeah we have yeah, no the, problem the things that, that are often overlooked you know when you're taking out insurance yes i think some of these things are flat roofs What's the percentage of the of the, uh, the roof that's flat? What's the what's the construction of the flat roof? Um, they should be checked depending on the terms and conditions as well. They should be checked. Okay. So even if you've got a bit of flat roof over a bay window, you must declare it. Don't give an, an underwriter a reason not. We've mentioned tenant types. Some people forget to mention if they've got any CCJs as a landlord or any criminal convictions um, or bankruptcies. It's really important to declare these sort of things, otherwise it will not avoid your insurance. Right, okay, um, okay. You've got, so we've mentioned 
if you've got an SA, a holiday let, do you use Airbnb? Because if you use Airbnb, there's some of the underwriters will exclude um, your right. cover if you use Airbnb. Wow. Why is that um, then? Well, because there's higher rates of claims with Airbnb. It's just a fact. Don't ask right. me why. Okay. It just is. So there are exclusions. So by us having a conversation, which is not a box or is a tick box on the internet, yes. can I just ask how do you, you organise it? Is it with Airbnb? Yes. So I'll make sure I get an underwriter. Right. The will cover it. Yeah, I get it. Box on the outside of the property, there's another one. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a hot tub? Um, you know, are there open fires in the properties? There you go. So it's it's and also it's really important. That is, make sure you do your tenancy checks. You do that by using you guys. All right, you do your reference. Absolutely, checks. absolutely. So yeah. By doing your reference checks and then doing your property checks. Yeah, that is absolutely key, particularly when you mentioned things like malicious damage earlier on. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you're right. Keeping the tenancy packs up to date, the tenancy agreements, etc., is absolutely key. Yeah, for insurance purposes right. and for everything else. Use the professionals. Use the people in your network that you know, like, and trust. And um, if you do all that stuff, Ben, honestly, then there's if, and it's nothing like having a hand to hold when you so, sorry to hold the customer's hand through a claim. So Absolutely. you mentioned before about going online. Um, well, you're never going to build any rapport up with a company um, by that. But I'll just say that it's when it comes to a claim that you're really thankful for actually using someone like uh, a broker like NIS Insurance. Absolutely. So how, how if for our landlords listening to this that um, may need to speak to you about insurance or when their policy renews, how is best to get in touch with you? So, well, what I would say is, listen, I'm, I'm always happy to talk to anybody, Ben, and I know people say, what, you put your mobile number out there. But I would say in the first place is, I will, I've got okay. no problem in having okay. a conversation with Great. anybody, okay. which is, um, which is, if I can, can I say what it gosh, is? Of course you can, yeah. You can say your yeah. email, your telephone number, whatever yeah, you like, exactly. your Tinder profile. You can ring, ring, you can ring <laughs> myself, um, but also we've got a professional team in the office. Yes. Um, so my number is 07970 Um Or you can ring the office, which is 01609-773-748. You can drop an email through. You can you can drop an email through to myself, um, which is jeremy at n-i-s.co.uk. Okay. Um, Amazing. And locally, I'm more than happy to actually sit and have a coffee. Um, you know, depending <clears> on the situation, then if if you want that, I'm more than happy. He is, yeah, and you know, I, I don't, you know, give too much of a big push to him, but he's very good at what he does, Jeremy. And uh, you know, all of our properties are with Jeremy, and we highly recommend him. So. Um, Thanks for coming on, mate. I know it's an exciting subject, property insurance, but hopefully, hopefully that's been useful to our listeners. I know I've definitely picked up a few things there, and um, it is an important subject, but what is more important is getting the right advice and speaking to the right people. So thanks for coming on, Jeremy. No problem, Ben. Thank you very much. Jeremy, insurance Jeremy. And, um, okay, thanks to our listeners, and, um, okay, and we'll um, speak to you all on the next episode.